You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. And for today, we're going to be focusing on some of the most celebrated and most famous works of prehistoric art, the paintings in the Lascaux Caves. On December 12th, 1940, a dog fell down a foxhole and four boys around like 14 years old went in after it. They descended into a cavern with a makeshift lamp in hopes of finding their dog, but they found way more creatures than they were expecting. The next day, they returned better prepared and with better lighting. They continued to explore in awe of the paintings that surrounded them. Eventually, they told their teacher about their discovery, and shortly after, the professional excavation of the Caves of Lascaux began. The Lascaux Cave is deep, and the natural question, of course, is how could artists see their work in a deep, dark cave? If there's one thing we know about prehistoric civilizations is that records from that time are spotty at best, but we can make some educated guesses based on artifacts we encounter. Archaeologists have found evidence of sandstone lamps that burned animal fat as fuel. They also had some fireplaces in the caves, so it's safe to assume that the conditions were rather smoky deep in the caves, leading to a bit of speculation about these works. One theory is that the reduced oxygen in that environment would lead to altered states of mind for the inhabitants. Some believe the paintings on the walls could have served some ritualistic purpose drawn to create some sort of hunting magic. Of course, we can't rule out the possibility that around 15,000 BCE, people were just sitting around saying like, Ugh, is kind of clumsy, just gets in the way on the hunt. He's such a nice guy. Maybe we just let him color on the walls. Let's humor him. Like, tell him, like, you stay back. You draw the pictures. We'll go handle the hunt. No, no, no. It's a real job. We need you drawing those pictures in the caves. Maybe it was just like the prehistoric version of giving a toddler a remote with no batteries they just told him like oh yeah just it's cool just color on the walls it's magic it'll really help us we need you doing this although truth be told i've never heard any archaeologist floating this theory it's just kind of my pet theory my idea and i got a bachelor's in coloring from a pass fail school so take that with a giant grain of salt of course the amount of work they went to to create so many so many paintings and etchings. It's actually not just painted on the walls. The images are also etched into the walls. So it probably did serve a legit purpose of some sort. Now, if I could get back to that lighting detail I mentioned earlier, they found evidence of sandstone lamps and the light came from flames. I think that's important to understand 
Today, some archaeologists suggest that the dim flickering light from the old lamps was actually crucial to appreciating the artwork. Today, when people look at the art from the Lascaux Caves, or rather look at reproductions of the work, either in photographs or the replica constructed after access to the actual cave site was closed for preservation, people are often awestruck by the mass of images they see depicted. They're illuminated by bright modern lights. We see hundreds of animals, but around 17,000 years ago, prehistoric artists and audiences would see just a small portion at a time under the flickering firelight. The theory is that these images would have been lit up in sequence to create a sort of prehistoric animation effect as the light and shadows moved. The flickering flame creates almost a strobe effect, and in the dim light, our eyes see things a little bit differently. It creates this sensation of movement, even though it was a series of still pictures. You might think of it as the first animations, or looking at a comic strip, but only lighting up and only making visible one panel at a time. While we are unsure of the exact intentions of the artists and the audience, we do know that these works were created intentionally and with great care. Evidence of the labor can be found not only in the number of animals depicted, there were around 600 paintings and 1,500 engravings in the Lascaux Caves. Additionally, some of the pigments used, like manganese oxide, would have been rather difficult for prehistoric artists in that area to acquire. There are no known manganese oxide sources in the immediate area. The closest known source would be about 100 miles away. And while it was reasonably common for prehistoric artists to go maybe a few miles to gather materials, that distance indicates a tremendous effort and tremendous dedication from the artists. And it points to the possibility of trade or supply routes in, in the ancient past. As I said, the cave was closed to the public in 1963, just two decades after its discovery in the modern era. I guess it really doesn't take us that long to ruin things in this world, but this was because visitors were causing irreparable damage to the cave art. Um, the increased CO2, the heat, humidity, from they were getting like 1,200 daily visitors, and this led to algae growth, among other issues, and it was destroying those works of art that had been there for thousands of years. Still, if you want to see the caves and appreciate one of the greatest artistic achievements of the prehistoric world, you can visit Lascaux too. a replica was opened in 1983, and of course, if you aren't able to make it out to Lascaux physically, you can always go virtually. One of the wonders of the contemporary world is that you don't have to go anywhere to appreciate the wonders of the ancient world. You can see it all on Google Arts and Culture. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.